Welcome to this week of Missouri Politics from the state capitol grounds in Jefferson City, the beautiful Missouri River behind us. And with us is the person probably in the middle of all the news this week, Congresswoman Vicki Hartzer, and now she's running for Senate this week. Absolutely. We're so excited about it and so encouraged by the great response that we're getting. Uh, you know, we're at a crisis in our nation. I think people understand the gravity of this time in our history. And they want somebody who has experience getting things done in Washington, who is one of them, who's been fighting for them. And I'm just looking forward to building a team effort to take a stand against socialism and to take back our, our country. So when you looked at the race, you've got uh, three other folks that have announced it now. What made you decide that you could win this race? Well, I've been working with Missourians uh, for 11 years now. Even though my district is 24 counties, I used to represent uh, four additional counties before redistricting. So I've actually represented 28 of the 114 counties. But as a member of the Armed Services Committee, uh, I've worked with and represented not just Fort Leonard Wood and Whiteman Air Force Base, but all of our military bases. I've worked with veterans all over this state. Uh, as one of the few farmers in Congress and a senior member on Agriculture Committee, I've worked with farmers all over, all over this state. And I care about the people of this state, and I want to see them get the best representation possible, uh, someone who can get those results for them, uh, who's a true conservative and have been my whole life. Uh, so I feel like it's time to run and to help lead a movement in Missouri to take a stand against these socialist policies and to promote our freedoms and uh, preserve America's greatness. You also know your way around this building here at the state capitol, right? right. You served here before right. that? Yeah, six years here. I was very, very blessed to get to serve parts of Cass and Johnson County in the Missouri legislature. And at that time, uh, we were in the minority. But, you know, we still were able to get some things done while I was here. I worked for several years with others, but we passed two major pieces of legislation to overhaul Missouri's adoption laws. And I still hear stories regularly from, from individuals who say that changed my life. That helped us to be able to adopt. That, that was um, wonderful. And so, you know, I, I, I'm thankful I've got to have so many opportunities to serve people and to try to make a difference. So uh, break this down. You're the only person from rural Missouri in the race. Absolutely. Why does that matter? Well, number one industry in Missouri is agriculture. And so it's important that Missouri has somebody in the Senate from rural Missouri who understands our way of life, who shares our values, who has that work ethic. I work hard every day for people and I, and I love it. It's a privilege and it's an honor. Uh, and you know, the other three individuals are all from St. Louis. Uh, so I think I bring a different type of voice, a different perspective. And I'm the only one who has worked with President Trump to get things done. I was alongside him in rebuilding our military after President Obama decimated our military. And I fought to build up our military, get more defense funding. I was the one who championed the F-18 cause when the Defense Department was going to cut those airplanes. I was the one that championed the cause to get the F-15s uh, bought back into our uh, uh, Air Force. And uh, so well, I guess delivered. you have to build a wall around Fort Leonard Wood, right, the whole time you're there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Fort Leonard Wood is so important. And I've been there on the front lines uh, fighting for them because they fight for us. And it's a it's an high honor. So uh, you're also the only woman in the race. Yeah. To me, when you talk about issues like pro-life issues, yeah. I think it, it's a di it comes differently from a woman. Yeah, I, I think a woman can speak to those things perhaps uh, from a perspective that others sure. can't. And I know that life begins at conception, and I know that God has a plan and purpose for every life, and it deserves to be born. 
Um, and so I've been proud to be a pro-life champion while I've been in Washington. And in fact, I'm the chairman of the House Values Action Team, which is over 110 members of Congress uh, that we work together to advance faith, family, and freedom. I'm the sponsor of the bill to defund Planned Parenthood. I led the amicus brief before the Trinity Lutheran case before the U.S. Supreme Court that we won and ensured those religious liberties and freedoms are protected. Uh, so it, it's a great honor to be there as a woman, as a conservative, and as a leader in our movement. So walk me through, when you, when you size up this race, big race, statewide uh, is a little different. You've staked out some different ground. You've talked about what you've been able to accomplish. I mean, right. sort of when from Republicans anymore you hear, well, I, here's how I can tear things down. You've had a little bit of a different track and talked about some things you've actually accomplished. Is that just who you are? What, what way did you decide to lead with that? Well, others, uh, you know, Missourians deserve more than rhetoric. They deserve results. And that's what we've delivered. That's what we need right now at this crucial time in history when uh, under President Biden and, and Pelosi and Schumer, they are dismantling everything that made this country great. We need somebody who has a track record of fighting and winning on these issues. And that's what we have to offer. And I'm excited to this isn't about me. This is about Missouri and Missourians. It's our values. It's our ideals that are on the line. It's our freedoms that are being uh, taken from us by a big government that doesn't care about us. And so I am thrilled to have this potential opportunity to serve and to fight for the, all good people of this state. You have a unique perspective. You actually know what it's like to serve in the minority as Republicans. Yeah. There's a lot of folks that enter this building now. They, they don't even know what it's like not to serve in yeah. a supermajority. But when you're in the fight, sometimes it's interesting. I saw a piece about one of those CPAC ratings or whatever where you didn't get the same rating as some other Republicans. Is that just a byproduct of being in the fight? It is, and it's a matter of priorities as far as I believe there's only a few things we should be doing in Washington, and one of them is to provide for the common defense. And many of those votes were with a, a defense budget, and we needed to rebuild our military, and we still do. I go to security briefings, classified briefings regularly, and I'm aware of the threats we are facing from China. I just produced a four-part series on the threats with China. I would encourage everyone to please go and view on my website, hartzler.house.gov, where we discuss uh, the military threats, the economic threats, the uh, uh, coercion that they're doing, and how they're the soft power propaganda, and part four is the human rights abuses. And I, I want every Missourian to understand the dangers that we are facing and why we have to prioritize our national defense. And so many of those budgets included money for our, our defense spending. President Trump supported them, and um, I, I believe it's the right thing to do. But I do work in a bipartisan fashion when I can, and I, I've co-sponsored a bill before the pandemic with Representative John Garamendi, a Democrat from California, to bring our pharmaceutical production back to America because we recognized that our military was getting their medicines and their vaccines from China or from countries that use their active pharmaceutical ingredients that were produced in China. And yet China is our greatest com competitor. And so I had already worked with him in a bipartisan fashion to start promoting that idea even before the pandemic hit. And we learned how vulnerable we really are as a nation, not just with our medicines, but our uh, mask and face mask and other medical supplies that we have to bring back here to our country. There's a name that gets mentioned a lot with this U.S. Senate race. You've mentioned it yourself, how you voted with President Trump. 95% of the time, I guess it was. Yeah. How big of an issue when you get out and talk to folks? I know, baby, not in like the Kansas City Star newsroom, he's not popular. But once you get out to, to real Missouri, there's a very special relationship Donald Trump has with people in this state. 
do you think he's still the leader of the party? you think he's the person that will likely run for president in 24? Yeah. He, his ideas were winners. They moved America forward. I mean, we had record unemployment. He rebuilt the military. He stood by Israel. Uh, families were able to keep more of their hard-earned money, and we lowered taxes. He stood for life, and I was right there fighting alongside him and helping to get those things. And so Missourians appreciate those things. They know that. And uh, his, he still is uh, very, very uh, influential and, and a leader in our party. I don't know if he's going to run or not, but certainly if he doesn't, whoever is going to run needs to embrace his policies because they work. And I feel confident he's going to be a very, very influential voice uh, in our party for a long time. So uh, you look at this race. You, when I think of you, back from your time in the State House, I think of someone that the word Christian comes to mind, integrity, that actually doesn't use those as buzzwords, buzzwords but means them. Yeah. You're in the race with someone, maybe folks would have a different take on in the former Governor Eric Greitens. Can you stand up toe-to-toe in a debate and have that conversation with him? Oh, I, I believe so, absolutely, because uh, character matters, um, and people know that, And but also policy matters. And I have the track record of getting things done that I think Missourians need and they appreciate and they want, because I've been taking their ideas to Washington and fighting for them, whether it be rebuilding the military, expanding rural broadband, uh, standing up for life and freedom. Uh, those are things that Missourians embrace, and I can show I've actually delivered it. So I'm more than just rhetoric. I have results, and uh, I think that's going to win at the end of the day. Tell me one more thing. What's going on in Congress right now? I've heard almost every Republican member of Congress I've spoken to talks about the border. What, what I know, you know, if you watch the news, it seems like it's uh, no problem at all, nothing to worry about. I think the vice president went uh, maybe didn't go to the border, went to South America, but said she didn't go to Europe was kind of her take on it. What is the real state of things at the border? So I was at the border two weeks ago, and I saw firsthand and can validate it is a crisis. And she's doing it a deplorable job, as our borders are, when she's never even go gone to the border or visited with our Border Patrol agents who are overworked. We have a record number of individuals flooding across our border, and I'm very concerned about the cartels. They are controlling everything. They are making at a minimum $12 million a day on the human smuggling operation they have, and they are getting also record amounts of drugs across the border at the same time. Our Border Patrol agents are heroes. Not only are they being pulled from their regular duties to care for children and people dropped in the desert who are near death, but they're, they have caught three tons of fentanyl to date, oh, wow. enough to kill every American two times. They have caught the same amount of opioids and meth this year, in the first five months, in the entirety that they were able to capture, capture last year. And we don't even know how much uh, they're not being able to catch. And those drugs are coming in our community. And that's why two years ago when I was at the border, I learned by, from Border Patrol agents that the cartels are using drones to bring drugs across our border in the populated areas, and they don't have the authority to take down the drones. And I said, you're kidding me. I said, there's volunteers from the 4th District be happy <laughs> to come down here and take out these drones. And they said, no, no, it's a, a federal law. Drones were considered uh, airplanes, and you can't take down airplanes. Another part of federal law, they were considered computers, and you can't hack the computers. So our hands are tied. We just have to watch the drugs go across. And so... I came back, introduced legislation, worked with Mike McCall, and in the FAA reauthorization bill, we passed our bill to give them the authority to take out the drones. 
Uh, we also expanded to give the FBI the authority to set up security gone, uh, anti-drone zones around large public gatherings like the Super Bowl sure. to protect the public. Um, so the Border Patrol agents need our help, they need our support, and that's what I'm doing. Well, Congressman, thank you so much for making the time. We hope you'll come back as the campaign unfolds and discuss more of what's happening, not, not just in the campaign, but in Congress here on This Week in Missouri Politics. You bet. I'll look forward to it. Thanks so much. Be right back. I've uh, got a couple folks we'll talk politics with, but first go to showmissouri.com. This is Missouri One County time this past week. We're in Putman County, the home of the midgets. PC there is for Putman County, not political correctness. We'll be right back after this. All across Missouri, our new car and truck dealers are building strong local economies. When you buy a car or truck in Missouri, you're helping to support over 20,000 Missouri families who rely on the auto industry for good-paying local jobs. You're also helping fund our communities, schools, first responders, and our roads because dealers generate millions of dollars in tax revenue. Missouri's automobile dealers have been the foundation of our communities for generations and for generations to come. The Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, the heart of Missouri. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right-to-work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. Your energy needs are changing. That's why at Ameren, Missouri, we're not waiting on the future. We're building it with the Smart Energy Plan, advancing thousands of projects across the state. Helping reduce emissions through cleaner energy sources, boost reliability with self-healing equipment, and better withstand storms with new composite poles. Moving Missouri forward and bringing us all a little closer together. That's energy at work. Welcome back to again Missouri Politics. We're going to talk a little politics now with Hannah Beer Sutton with Action Strategies. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back. And the first time on the show, it took shooting outside of the state capitol. We had to really do it where you could just walk down from the governor's office, I think, to do this. Jonathan Rattler with Palm Strategy. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for, thanks for letting me on, finally. So, yeah, that's, okay, <laughs> well, well played. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler was on earlier. She enters the race. That includes former Governor Greitens, the Attorney General Eric Schmidt, and Martin McCloskey, the guy everybody knows from defending his front porch. Uh, Hannah, you're working with uh, the Attorney General Schmidt's campaign. What changes about this race when you have a, a fourth very formidable person in it? Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad that there's another person in the race who is a public servant, um, who has fought for the state of Missouri and, you know, didn't quit their term halfway through. That's really nice. Um, but no, I, you know, I still think that Attorney General Eric Schmidt is the front runner. I think he's the only person um, who is a serious contender who has represented the entire state of Missouri and has fought for people from the cities to the rural areas. And I still think he's the front runner. But I really do uh, applaud Congresswoman Hartzler and her, her work at the federal level. All right, John Marilla, before this is over, you're going to be working for somebody running for U.S. Senate, correct? Yes, sir. Not quite sure which one specifically, but I would bet you you're doing something. Uh, it looks to me like when Eric Greitens gets in, okay, you figure he's getting in. He, it's always the ones that say they hate being in politics the most that will run for everything they can possibly run for. And then Eric Schmidt gets in, which I think makes a lot of sense. Folks thought he would. Uh, and you thought, well, between those two, Eric Schmidt, there's only, you know, that kind of bizarre sex basement wing of the party is only so big. But it is sizable. Correct? I mean, it's, it's, it's folly to think that Eric Grimes have a large group of supporters in Missouri. 
Then when uh, Mark McCloskey gets in, my assumption is he takes a little bit away from Eric Greitens, folks. Maybe a little bit away from Schmitz, but Greitens. Now, Vicky Hartzer enters in. I figure that's probably not the thing Eric Schmidt wanted to see happen in this race. Yeah, I think you've got three guys in St. Louis, so that's a piece of it. I think uh, Congresswoman Hartzell represents the western side of the state, so she's the only candidate uh, from that side of the state so far. Uh, she represents four media markets, which I think is super important when you're running a statewide. Uh, I know from her campaigns in the past, she always, she, you know, it's one thing to be an incumbent uh, in, for your district. It's another thing to be the incumbent that goes everywhere and spends the resources sure. to build your name idea. I think that's a big part. Another X factor is the fact that she's only female uh, in the race so far. We saw uh, last cycle or two cycles ago, the state auditor's race, we had from the Republican side, we had a candidate who I think maybe raised $5,000, had an oppo packet as yay high so far, uh, and was still able to be successful in that Republican primary. I think that's a, a big change to this race, and we'll see how it determines. Obviously, if another candidate gets in as well, that could be another shakeup for sure. So I got to see Martin McCloskey come down to the Butler County last weekend. I was impressed. I mean, obviously, everyone knows the story. You're going to think what you want to think about the gun thing with the, in front of his house. I thought he was a thoughtful guy. I enjoyed not so much hearing that story. I enjoyed people would ask him questions. And it wasn't some politicians, when you talk to them, it's just some, you could just tell, it's just some rehearsed stuff they got off Twitter or Facebook. They're just repeating what somebody, what a person like yourself wrote for them and they memorized, right? That was not him. He was an interesting guy. He was very thoughtful. But he really kind of shared things that he, some of the questions you get in a situation like at Jen's Diner in West Butler County are not questions you could prepare for. He was a very thoughtful guy. Yeah, I think a lot of times, especially with, with Crichtons, you kind of see a lot of a lot of flash there in a lot of today's Republican primary politics. It's a lot of flash. Uh, he has the flash, which gets people excited. It's really important sure. in a Republican primary. Uh, but sitting down and having a conversation with him, I think you just you realize there's a lot of substance back there. There's a reason why he's so successful in what he's done up to this point in his life. Uh, and then yeah, I think there's one thing to talk about values. I think we saw in that moment on his front porch, he lives the values of a lot of people, uh, particularly on your Second Amendment rights uh, in Missouri, and I think that's going to go a long way uh, in his race. So, uh, Hannah, break it down for me. Right now, you think uh, General Schmitz is the frontrunner because of his statewide presence, ability to raise money. I mean, I, probably the most impressive uh, politician of the group, most impressive I would candidate. Agree. And I think that he has such a strong record of supporting President Trump and then fighting the Biden agenda. You know, how he's big a filed... deal is that? The, how big a deal will it be? It's almost hard to predict the future, but next summer, how big of a role will Donald Trump have in Republican primary politics in the state of Missouri this time next year? I think he'll play a huge role still. I think that you saw Missouri Republican politics transform. You know, my husband, Wes, is from the Boot Hill, and they love Donald Trump. It's a huge, huge Republican area now. and that's It's almost been so part of recent. how people view themselves. Yeah. Is they, they view Donald Trump and whether they thought he got cheated out of an election or not, whatever they think of him, they view kind of part of their identity as yeah. supporters of his. Exactly, exactly. So I still think that he's going to play a big role. You know, it, whether he gets involved as far as an endorsement, it's still yet to be seen. Um, but I do think that... It's Lincoln Day weekend. Is he is more Lincoln popular in Wes's hometown than he will be at the Kansas City Weston? You know, it depends on who shows up. But I, I don't know. I think that... I think he's more popular in Wes's hometown. I think that uh, grassroots Republicans love Donald Trump. Is he more popular than J.C. Boothill Rodeo or at <laughs> Lincoln Days? <laughs> Probably the J.C. Boothill Rodeo. I would think so. John, <laughs> did it help Donald Trump that took his Twitter account away? I'm really interested to see what he's able to do without Twitter in some of these primaries. Yeah. I think that's the thing. You know, his his Twitter account was so impactful uh, 
from, from his perspective and also in the races he got involved in. His rallies are huge, but how many rallies can he get to? I think he can do a lot, but can he get to them? How many rallies is he going to do in Missouri for the candidate he supports? His website, he tried it. it Will didn't he support a candidate? I think there's a lot of consultants making money uh, uh, peddling <laughs> his influence, and I, I'd be surprised. It's not uh, beneficial for them to have him endorse anybody, at least anytime soon. So it, it feels to me like it, it makes a lot of sense for him to be there. I think the fact he's not out tweeting, it's one thing when you're the president and everything you say really does matter. Stock markets move, armies move around by your Twitter account. When you're out of office, I think it's almost been beneficial to him. It's almost like the Wizard of Oz. He's got a, a little bit shrouded. He can't kind of wear himself out every day on some things that were just silly. I think it may have helped him that I have a Twitter account. Maybe our PTSD, we need the, we need some of those tweets back to kind of spill back normal again for the last four <laughs> I years. I think it almost uh, makes him bigger in people's minds. It kind of adds some mystery. You don't know everything he's thinking all the time and almost ups the respect and the mystery surrounding him. So I'm that not people... sure him tweeting every day as the former president is, would have been as good no. as the as the memory, and then he'll get his Twitter account back, I'm sure, at some point, and then just start firing away. I think it might almost be, there'll be countdowns of the day he can get he can start tweeting again. Right. The media will be excited because all of a sudden their ratings will bump all of a sudden. Friend. There you go. <laughs> all right, give me a prediction, John Radliff. Does Donald Trump endorse someone in this race? I don't think he endorses anybody this year. Maybe next year, but nobody knowing this year. I, think it, I don't think he doesn't, at least not this year. Think Donald Trump endorsed somebody before this race is over? Uh, depending on who else gets in, I think there's a lot of things to look at. But yes, I think he'll endorse someone in this race. I think he doesn't. I think he. Uh, I think he has them all coming to him, and he endorses the, the person that it, most people in this building will say they endorse. The, he'll endorse the person called the winner yep. of that primary. Let's talk about now that Congresswoman Hartzler is running for Congress or running for U.S. Senate. Her seat's now open. It's. A, it is. You know, your heart has to go out to some of these folks if you're in Jason Smith or Billy Long or Ann Wagner's district. You, you would obviously love to run for Congress, but it, it, you can't say you want to run for Congress while that person's still running for Congress. It's a delicate dance. Now that Congresswoman Hartzler made it official this week, she's running. What happens in the fourth? John Ratliff, you've won a lot of races in that area. Who are the people running? Well, right now, I, would be sur I wouldn't be surprised uh, if there's some senators there, you know, maybe Senator Hoskins. Let uh, me throw them. I'll throw them out and you can, you can analyze it. There's a guy that I think is seriously running named Taylor Burks, used to be a county official in Boone County. Uh, the top two folks you start off with from that area will be Senator Caleb Browden and Caleb Jones, former state rep, now the head of the Electric Co-op Association. It looks like Denny Hoskins would have a base in Warrensburg. Rick Bratton maybe over in Cass County. Uh, is there somebody I'm missing? No, I think the X factor, it's kind of a unique moment right now. We have redistricting happening, which is going to dramatically change, or in some cases dramatically change the lines that we currently have. Uh, and I think that along with this race and potentially more members getting, uh, more members of Congress getting in, I think what the map looks like today and what it might look like uh, a year from now could be very, very different. As it looks like today, who's the, uh, you have, you're very close to Senator Caleb Browden. It would look to me like he's the one, the one that's most likely to run and would probably be the frontrunner this, if this started. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at his record and the things he's accomplished over the last nearly decade in office, I think he has a, a strong conservative record actually getting things done. Uh, it's unique from being the senator from Boone County to be able to accomplish as many conservative things as he's, as he's gotten past. Uh, and I think people here and people back in his district uh, appreciate the, his work ethic. He's not a, by no means is he a show horse, he's a workhorse. He gets things accomplished. And from a truly political side of it, uh, we spent, pretty decent chunk of money over the last few cycles. He's probably had 23,000 points with the name ID and a heart of a, a media market that currently exists in that district uh, that would be pretty good in a Republican primary if he were to choose to run. 
Uh, there's a, a person that I that I I know well. So many folks know well, knows your firm well. Caleb Jones, he the Montauk County guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that district's drawn and Montauk County's in it, he has at least think about it. Correct? Yeah, you know, and I do think that there's an important thing we need to think about here, and that's the concept of the outsider. I would not be surprised if there's a well-known political outsider. I hate to use that term. Um, is there a Billy Long somewhere that wants to I think there may be. I think somebody may get in who isn't kind of mired in the political insider status and kind of shakes things up. Break this down for you, though. In these races, it looks to me like you have folks that, that they're all going to be pro-Trump, pro-life, pro-gun, all that. But if there's a bunch of folks in Boone County run, if you're Denny Hoskins and you're from, uh, you're from Johnson County, I would think a lot of that district would rather vote for a Johnson County guy. It just breaks down to ge- geography more than anything else. If there's one candidate, whether it be a Rick Bratton in Cass County or Denny Hoskins in Warrensburg, that looks like a real advantage if you, if you have a couple folks from Boone County. I mean, it seems like they would have a very good chance to win that race. Yeah, I think right now the two most populous counties where the votes are going to come in Republican primary in that current district are Cass and Boone County. You're 100% correct. If Boone County has several candidates get in it and Cass only has one, well, that candidate, from a purely geographical perspective, would have an advantage. Now, you can have a great geographical advantage, but you've got to have money. Uh, and so I think that's the X factor that a lot of candidates, you know, we've worked with most of the candidates in the House and Senate level here for the last several years. and. Everyone thinks they want to be a congressman. Like you know, the, you and you in, the, in D.C. Every United States senator thinks they're going to be president. Mm-hmm. And down here, everyone thinks they're going to be governor or congressman. And so I think everyone's going to take a look at it. But I'm not sure you can grassroots yourself to a congressional seat. You're going to have to work it and raise it. But yeah. that Cass County is a little bit deceptive. North of Harrisonville and Belton and places like that, that is Missouri. That's very suburban. There's a bunch of Starbucks or whatever. You get to Harrisonville, that's real Missouri. I mean, that's a, it's a very different county. It, you kind of cut it in half, like Jefferson County almost. The, the upper part of that, you could probably do well with a lot of money. But in southern part, they're going to want to cast county in, right? They're going to want values. I think it's important to know on uh, Senator Rowden, he spent a few years in Sedalia growing up, too. So there's maybe some more connections there than people will realize. End of the day, Caleb Rowden run for the seat? I think he's going to seriously take a look at it. It's a unique opportunity. He has to choose... Uh, does he want to continue serving here and continue the work on the state Senate? Can he make the biggest impact here in Jeff City? Or do we need to take this, his brand of politics and his brand of leadership to Washington, D.C. and clean things up there? I think both are serious options. You think uh, you almost said that with a bit of a knowing smile. Do you think there is that outside person that folks don't know about in politics that runs? I think there's always room for that. There's always room for an outside candidate, and we'll see what happens. With a minute left, who won the week? Holly Rader. Uh, talk, I mean... Sorry. Talk about somebody who worked tirelessly to get PDMP across the line, and they signed it right out here on Monday. Um, and I think that she's someone that everyone in Jeff City and everyone in the state can really look up to. Well, she carries that with, a, with a, a real respect. And it's funny, you know, on a week that she had to put up with a lot, she has maybe her biggest, biggest accomplishment legislatively. Who won the week? Uh, we're going into state Lincoln days here, and so I think uh, I'm going to have to say Charlie Dalton and Nick Myers from the Missouri Republican Party. They're going to put on a great event this weekend for all Republicans in a unique time, and I think that's exciting. So heads off to them for what is never an easy thing to do. Well, thanks, Hannah, for stealing mine. But I'm going to say <laughs> Governor Mike Parson. Got a chance to sit down and visit with uh, his new pick for the Supreme Court of Missouri, Judge Ransom. Strict constructionist, uh, very engaging person. He's going to be a real asset to the court and the entire state. Hope you'll join us next week when we get to talk about a little more Kansas City stuff on This Week in Missouri Politics.
This Week in Missouri Politics, sponsored by the Missouri Association of Career Fire Protection Districts, Spire, and Sterling Bank. Guys, thank you so much for watching the show. I want to tell you about a new thing we're offering. It's the Missouri Times Podcast Network. You'll get this show every week. If you want to listen to it in your car, you don't have time to watch it. You'll get our show in Missouri podcast, History of Missouri, one county at a time. You'll also get our midweek update. Once a week, I throw up the uh, Facebook Live. I, 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 we talk politics, usually it'll lunch and discuss politics. You'll get to hear all those things come right to your phone. Subscribe to us on iTunes or Android. Missouri Times Podcast Network. Please join us and subscribe.